Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of January 20, 2019. We begin with a couple of articles that are announcements and contain information that we think you will find of interest. The first is posted by Janet Dickelman, ACB Convention Coordinator, and it's announcing a tour in Rochester. The article is called Grandeur and History Combined at the George Eastman House. Join the American Council of the Blind on Wednesday, July 10, as we visit the historic George Eastman House. No visit to Rochester is complete without a visit to the George Eastman Museum. ACB will be given a guided tour of the Kodak Founders 50-room Colonial Revival Mansion on a 12-and-a-half-acre estate in the city, often described as an American castle. The historic mansion and gardens at the George Eastman Museum provide a glimpse into the life of one of the greatest American innovators and entertainers in the first decades of the 20th century. Original furnishings and artifacts, careful reproductions, and beautifully restored landscape transport visitors to the 1900s. You will learn about Eastman's entrepreneurial spirit and accomplishments, as well as his personal interests and philanthropy. The George Eastman Museum is also a museum of photography and cinema. During our visit, We'll have a guided tour of the special exhibit, the Art of Warner Brothers exhibit. Learn how your favorite Warner Brothers cartoons were created, Bugs Bunny, Roadrunner, and Tweety Pie. As a part of this tour, we will also be treated to a concert performed on George Eastman's pipe organ. Don't miss out on the fun. Plan to attend the 2019 ACB National Convention in Rochester, New York from July 5 through July 12. If you're a member of the Kentucky Council of the Blind, you'll be eligible to receive up to seven nights hotel lodging based on double occupancy when you attend the convention. For more information, call 502-895-4598. Next, Kelly Gask posted on ACB Leadership to remind us that the ACB scholarship deadline is approaching. Are you legally blind and looking to attend or continue your college or vocational education? The American Council of the Blind has a wide variety of scholarships for students who are legally blind, whether you are going to a technical college and entering freshman, undergraduate, or a graduate student. But don't delay. The deadline is February 15. Over $55,000 in scholarships are awarded to students each year. To be eligible, you need to be legally blind, maintain a 3.0 GPA, and be involved in your school or local community. Apply online at acb.org slash 2019-scholarship. The page includes instructions and information as to what other documents are needed. Be sure to submit the application no later than February 15, 2019 at 11.59 p.m. Central Time. For more information, please contact Nancy Christine Fela, F-E-E-L-A, at 612-332-3242 or 800-866-7800. 
3242 between the hours of 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. By far the largest number of people who are blind or visually impaired begin to lose vision as adults. Macular degeneration, diabetes, glaucoma, retinitis pigmentosa, and accidental injury are leading causes of vision loss affecting people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond. For some, this is a traumatic experience from which they do not recover, but for many more, the availability of technological advances, in-person and telephone support groups, social contacts through Facebook and Twitter, and existing state services combine to encourage the individual to adjust to this strange new world. Nearly two years ago, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision became a chapter of the Kentucky Council of the Blind, and our first Low Vision Support Group meeting was held at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Since that time, the group has grown, and we now meet the second and fourth Thursday of each month. Participants have ranged in age from late 20s to 80s, and Topics and activities vary depending on the interests and needs of the attendees. On page two, you'll meet Dave Wildy, who first attended our Low Vision Support Group this past July. Dave gives us a brief look into his vision loss and how it has changed his life, and then he shares with us how CyberEyes, a low vision product he discovered while attending the 2018 State Convention of the Kentucky Council of the Blind, is changing his life for the better. Page 3 presents another view of vision loss. Sometimes there isn't some amazing device or fantastic treatment that will either restore low vision or make what vision remains more functional. Sometimes there isn't any vision left. For some people, this is devastating. For others, it's a challenge. In a recent interview on 60 Minutes, Chris Downey, an architect in the San Francisco area, explained how he lost all of his vision when he had surgery to remove a tumor growing near his optic nerve, and how he adapted his skills to make it possible for him to continue to work as an architect. According to Chris, he's become a far better architect and accomplished far more in the 10 years since losing his vision. The text of this interesting 60 Minutes interview was posted on the ACB email list this past week, and it's included here on Soundprints on page 3. And on page 4 is the Soundprints calendar. Page 2. Our feature this week on Soundprints is uh, a person most of you don't know. His name is Dave Wildy, and Dave is a member of the Kentucky Council of the Blind Low Vision Group that meets in Louisville uh, each second and fourth Thursday of the month. And I first talked to Dave while I was standing in the mini mall booth at the National Convention in St. Louis. He first called, and I was selling somebody something, couldn't answer the phone, called back the phone number, and here was Dave on the line. And so it, it, that's kind of how we got to know each other. And he came to a low vision group meeting when uh, all of us got back from St. Louis. And Dave, tell us about that first meeting. Tell us, tell us first of all, you, you haven't always been visually impaired, so just give us a little introduction to Dave, first of all. Well, I had macular degeneration. I had cataract surgery on my weak eye. Well, let me back up. I had a wet bleed in my right eye, and that eye 
was cataract surgery and is clear, but it's 2200. Mm -hmm. That was in uh, June of 14. Then I had cataract surgery on the left eye, which was my strong eye, which I used for driving. That was July, excuse me, that was, yes, that was July of 2015. And for whatever reason, it didn't come out particularly well. And I, that eye is now 2060 plus, but it's cloudy. It's a Mm -hmm. little cloudy. It's not clear. So that unfortunately forced me to give up driving. So that was a huge adjustment. So oh, yeah. That was yeah. almost, uh, for those of you that experienced a loss of death in family, that was about as hard for me as anything I've dealt with. But you come to the point that you must move forward. And so I asked my low vision doctor, I said, I need to talk to some people that are living with what I'm living with every day because I realize it's not going to get better. And then she referred me to the Kentucky Council of Low Vision, which I've thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, well, we sure have enjoyed having you there. And you came that first day, and we talked about a lot of, a lot of things. And, and then you you said of that day, what was your impression of that first meeting? It was a little overwhelming, <laughs> but it was wonderful to see people and talk to people that were far worse off than I had. That had a, at that point in my life, had a much better attitude than I did have and that were still smiling with uh, much worse vision problems in mind. And so that was very much uplifting to me. Well, we we sure have enjoyed having you be there. There's only been one or two times that we've had a meeting since then that you haven't been there. But moving forward, we had a state our state Kentucky Council of the Blind Convention in November, and you came yeah. for uh, part of it. Uh, both, I think, parts of both days. Yes, and all of Friday and part of Saturday. Yes, yes. And um, but you you had to to not come to part of it because you had to go to a ball game in Kentucky. You know, yeah. Louisville football is is real important. <laughs> so so that was fine. But that morning when you came uh, and late on Friday afternoon, there were a couple of breakout sessions that have made a big difference for you, and you saw. A product called Cyberize met a person who um, he he has that product. Actually, I ran into him first time in St. Louis. His name was Sean Tibbetts. So tell us about that product and what how it is helping you at this point. Well, the product was just a little more than I ever expected to find anything. There was a man there with worse vision than me in the conference room on Saturday. Well, let me back up. First, he, he lectured on it and told about it on Friday, and I was so intrigued with that. I just was very happy to find out that he was going to give us time to actually work with the product of CyberEye glasses on Saturday. So I attended that, and I watched a man, not myself, walk over to the window at the Crescent Hill Ministry and read the license plate of a car which I, that was just floored me. And I tried them on, and I was reading um, something on the wall, which I can't do at all. And then that product also has OCR, and I watched Sean take our, our, our outline of our, our conference and swipe a side of the glasses, and it reads it back to you, which, mm-hmm. and it's incredibly accurate. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a nice feature. I don't use it a lot yet, but the, the OCR capability is wonderful. For me, it's the, the vision and the reading, the reading I'm working on right now. But when I go to a ball game, even my grandson's basketball games, uh, I have trouble really seeing him on the court. 
even though I'm just in the bleachers, my vision is blurred enough I can't tell. With the glasses, it's crystal clear. And that I don't know how you put a price tag on that's invaluable to me. So if I go to a ball game, URL, UK, whatever, in a big arena, then I'm in real trouble. I have to watch the big screens to see who really is at the foul line. I don't have to do that anymore. I clearly see who's shooting the ball. And I, one of the biggest things for me in our church and our worship service, um, we have two large screens, and they have lighting on them, and they're white on gray, and that gives me a lot of trouble because of lighting. So I struggle reading them. The Cyberize has the ability to invert colors. So if you had, like, retinal pigmentitis, I think that's right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. You can make it white on black. You can make it black on white. You can make it uh, magenta, and I'm able to reverse the colors on the screens to read the praise hymns, and I can read them crystal clear now. And I never could also see when the children were called down for the children's moment, which two of those are my grandchildren, I couldn't really see what they were doing up there, and now I can see what dress they have on. I, I just That's just worth all the money to me. So, I'm and sure. the, the reading I'm working on, and they've actually, I'm going to meet with them next week, and they're going to write or fine-tune some software for me to make the reading my issues better. And that's really standing behind your product. Nobody's perfect, but they have met my expectations. Right. Now, you um, you are a minister. You work in prison right. ministries and things. So right. tell us how these have helped you in the things that you do. Uh, it's a great question. I do a lot of prison ministry, and there's a lot of reading. There's a couple hours of reading each week. And some of the books that we use have multiple shadings. In other words, they have big bold print, they have light gray print, and the font varies. And then they'll have uh, white, and they'll have gray margins, and then they'll have a scripture. And that is really, really very difficult for me to read. But with the cyber eyes... The magnification is so great that I, I can clearly read it. Now, I don't read it particularly fast, but before, I just flatly couldn't read it without my handheld uh, three-and-a-half-power uh, magnifier, and then it's really slow. But with the CyberEyes, even though I do still read it slow, I can, I can read it and I can comprehend all of it, and uh, that's what they're going to help me tweak a little bit. So, And that's a software tweak. So, mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I... That's getting better. I'm working on that aspect of it, but it gives me the ability to read books that are not going to go away. We use them every year, and uh, I have to read them. And so I have to be prepared when I go out there to teach these men the lesson, and so that just helps me. And I've recently gotten permission, which I never dreamed of, from the deputy warden at the prison to bring them in. And one thing they don't ever allow you to bring into the prison is a cell phone, but these are attached physically to the glasses, and the deputy warden said yes on Wednesday, and I just smiled oh, ear to ear. that is so, great. That is just wonderful for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Dave, before you started losing your vision, um, you you were part of the Lions Club. You, yes, you, you, you said the first day you came, you said, well, you know, uh, I've been involved in lions and and everything and i here i was out there raising money for the i foundation and i never knew that i'd one day be 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 there be part of it the recipient of 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 services and i think you know there's a lot of people out there that 
go through this, the majority of people who are visually impaired, who have a vision loss, have not been blind or visually impaired all their lives. And so I, um, I, I'm just really, really it's, um, pleased and excited about the, the adjustments that, that you're making to living with the low vision. Um, that first day we, you know, you really had good vision. I mean, to us, you had great vision, you right. know. Yes, <laughs> it's all relative. It is relative. <laughs> yes. And so, um, you know, we wanted to be sure that you knew about the Bobtic driving possibilities. And you went out and checked it out and found out it wasn't going to work for you. But, you know, it's kind of like you don't leave any stone unturned. Yeah. That was a blow, but I think I was prepared to have a definitive no, mm-hmm. because at that point, I be- went from anger to peace within myself, because I knew there was no chance to drive anymore, and even though that hurt, it didn't last very long. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to your daughter, and I said, you know, I thought that would take me back more than it did, but it didn't, because mm-hmm. I not only didn't I didn't have enough peripheral vision for my optic driving, but I didn't have the colors. I couldn't mm-hmm. do the shading, so... Mm-hmm. You know, I just couldn't take the chance of, yes, or they couldn't take the chance either of prescribing the, that lens for me because I yeah. just couldn't take a chance of killing someone. That's right. That's right. Well, so tell us about uh, how people go about or how you went about g- actually getting the CyberEyes product. Describe it to us and tell us about the parts well, and, and your process in acquiring it. Well, I called Sean Tiblitz, the co-founder of, of CyberEyes, on Monday because I was just that excited about that product. And <laughs> in, in three years, I'd never seen anything like that. So, And he called me back immediately and told me what I need and said he thought it would work with my Samsung J7 phone, which is the cell phone I currently have. And uh, he researched it, and unfortunately, he found out that it didn't have a good enough camera to work, so he gave me some other models, but what they prefer to have is a Samson S8, or an S9, that's the newest one. The S9, frankly, in my opinion, wasn't worth the price difference, the little bit increased camera. Uh, and you have to have a Samson VR headset. Well, I also found out that even though they have a contract with Best Buy, and that's who they recommend CyberEyes. I found out I could go to Amazon and save about $30 on the headset. And then uh, when I went to AT&T, the young man there said, well, you really just ought to buy a refurbished phone. So I spent a little extra money, Carla. I chose to get a separate phone, and I have a separate phone line just for my uh, Samsung S8 and my Cyber Eyes. Now, the reason I did that, I'm pretty rough on phones, and with the Cyber Eyes, you cannot put a protective case around it, unfortunately, because it fits into the headset on what you and I know is like a USB connection, so you can't have a cover. And my daughter said, Dad, you you will destroy that phone. So (laughs) uh, she was right. So I went ahead and spent the money and got an extra phone, and I have a phone line. I do not use it as a phone at all, but that allows me to have Internet access and download any software I need and update. So for me, a little extra money for the extra phone line, mm-hmm. but um, really happy with that decision. So you don't have to take it out of your pocket or, or try to 
use a, a controller to answer the phone. I don't want to do that, and I frankly don't think that's a particularly good aspect of it. But you can. Mm-hmm. But I don't like uh, the way with the headset, even though I love the product, that it can't have a protective case on it. So for me, I kept my old phone in my pocket and bought the new phone and keep it in the in the headset when I uh, take it. Uh, okay. So, Dave, now, so it's glasses, and and those glasses then interact with the, with the phone, with its app? Is that how yes. it works? When you power up your phone, it, it after you download the software, and you, you, know, you pay for that, and you download that, mm-hmm. and it says CyberEyes ready for headset docking. When I power up tomorrow, I'm going to go to church, I'll power it up, and it will say after a couple minutes, it goes through its boot, and it says CyberEyes ready for headset docking. At that point, you put it in, and it's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. And for me, it powers, it goes to a magnifica- magnification, and I'm looking clearly at the screens and and the people on the at the pulpit and the table area or the altar area however you want to call that Mm -hmm. and where i couldn't even see those people before so it is it is the um the glasses plus the phone app that you are using to actually see what you are seeing rather than um rather than connecting to a person who is uh, helping yeah. you see what you're seeing. Exactly. It works through the software on the phone. It uses mm-hmm. the camera on the phone. It has Microsoft Text Reader on it. It has Cyber Eyes, which is patented. Mm-hmm. It uses Oculus, and it uses all that on various applications, which mm-hmm. you can swipe down on the f- side of the phone, mm-hmm. and that's how you change from... Uh, invert colors to uh, color assist whatever function you want the phone to do you swipe down Mm -hmm. and then you swipe forward or back to make it do what you want it's fairly simple to use Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you said you just you just pay one flat price and that's the cost of the product for life which includes all your upgrades that's the version what you you know that was appealing to me and yes uh, Mm -hmm. and one thing i did like that sean said you know with many products We'll bring an out, out, uh, upgrade, but you may choose or may not choose to upgrade. Because, as you know, once you get used to software, I'm a little tender about just saying, okay, upgrade me. <laughs> because yes. I've been burned on that myself on mm-hmm. my computer. So um, he says it's up to you when you take the new download or not. Mm-hmm. So I like that, and yeah. I do like the fat, fact that it is a one-time expense, mm-hmm. and um, it's for life. Yeah, that's that's a nice feature. Um, <clears throat> there are products in the blindness world that that function both ways, and um, it, it is frustrating. I know the uh, the speech software for the computer that I used for for a long time had a, <clears throat> a policy where you bought the software and then um, you you did have to pay for some upgrades as you went along but it was unlimited um, times you could install it on your computer while other times you you buy something and there's no additional charge and and I I kind of agree with you I like to have I like if I'm purchasing something um, I don't like to have to be spending a lot of money all the time for continuous upgrades for the item it's like yeah antivirus software they always want you to buy this year's new version boy don't they ever (laughs) yeah that gets expensive so yes yeah and 
Uh, I, they've been pretty responsive. Uh, I've called him on the road. He travels a lot. He's always mm-hmm. called me back. He's been responsive on emails. Mm-hmm. His software writer lives in Lexington, so that's mm-hmm. a plus. He can get physically get with us if, mm-hmm. in my case, I need him to make a tweak for me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, Well, I'm just really pleased that this is a product that's working for you. This is kind of... Um, when when a person comes in and they have a vision problem, um, in, in your case, this kind of all went just as we always hope it will. Yeah. Things don't always happen that way for everybody right. in that they come in and they, you know, they find something that just suits them perfectly. Um, but... Uh, you know this this has been great and and um and also it's really good that now when you come to a low vision group meeting now you're helping other people yeah and i at my church when i go to a bible study there's a man that's had some uh uh macular problems and had the surgery and i I feel like I'm almost demonstrating for him, and I've kidded him and said, you know, you need to give me a finder's fee or something, because every time I pull him out of this case, people are asking, what do you have there? And, right. But that's a nice thing, you know, because I've had a lot of interest in that, and, uh, you know, if I can help somebody else, regardless right. of his, who makes the product, I'll do that's it. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well... Really appreciate you talking to us. And okay. um, first of all, um, I'd like, before you go, I'd like to give uh, Sean Tibbetts' phone number where people can reach him if, if they sure. would like more information on CyberEyes. Yep. Uh, if you have it. Uh, I do have it. All right, you I'm go ahead. Double. Phone call. We'd be glad to talk to you about that. His direct dial is area code 202. Mm-hmm. It's 869 869- one seven nine eight, and then they have an office number too okay. for CyberEyes, and that's two zero two eight two seven six eight eight three. Okay, all right. Let's okay. repeat that office number one more time. Okay, two zero two eight two seven six eight eight three. But that is mm-hmm. directly to Sean mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, they are on the website at cyberize.com. That is his direct dial number, and yeah. he'll call you back. Yeah. Um, also, if anyone out there is listening and would like that would like to be involved in our low vision group, yeah. you can call the Kentucky Council of Blind for more information. Yeah. Our phone number is 502-895-4598. Right. If you're not in the Louisville area and you live in Kentucky and you would like to find out if there's other people in your area that might be interested in forming a low vision group, if you'll give us a phone call, we are hoping to be able to get um, people matched up in other areas and get get some low vision groups meeting in other places as well. And if you do not live in Kentucky, if you live in other states, if you'd like information on how we got our group going, give us a phone call. We'd be glad to talk to you about that. Well, thank you, Dave, and we'll be having another Low Vision Support Group meeting this next Thursday from when we're recording that, so we'll look forward to seeing you. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right. I'll talk to you later. Page three. 
This article was posted on January 14, 2019 by Kelly Gask on ACB Leadership, and it is originally from 60 Minutes. It's entitled, Architect Goes Blind, Says He's Actually Gotten Better at His Job. From CBSNews.com At age 45, Chris Downey had pretty much constructed the life he'd always wanted. An architect with a good job at a small housing firm. Outside San Francisco, he was happily married with a 10-year-old son. He was an assistant, little league coach, and avid cyclist. And then, doctors discovered a tumor in his brain. He had surgery, and the tumor was safely gone, but Downey was left completely blind. What he has done in the 10 years since losing his sight as a person and as an architect can only be described as a different kind of vision. Several mornings a week, as the sun rises over the Oakland Estuary in California, an amateur rowing team works the water. It's hard to tell which one of them is blind, and Chris Downey thinks that's just fine. Chris Downey, it's really exciting to be in a sport where nobody looks in the direction they're going. You face this way in the boat, and you're going that way, laugh. So, okay, even Stephen. It's not exactly even Stephen in this design meeting where Downey is collaborating with sighted architects on a new hospital building. But he hasn't left that stop him. Leslie Stahl says... Here you are in a profession that's basically requiring you to read. Read designs and draw designs. You must have thought in your head, that is insurmountable. Chris, no, I never thought. Leslie, you never thought? You never thought the word insurmountable? Chris, lots of people... Friends who were architects and anybody else would say, Oh my God, it's the worst thing imaginable to be an architect and to lose your sight. I can't imagine anything worse. But I quickly came to realize that the creative process is an intellectual process. It's how you think. So I just needed new tools. New tools? Downey found a printer that could emboss architectural drawings so that he could read and understand through touch. Chris says, They look like normal prints, normal drawings on the computer, but then they just come out in tactile form. Leslie Stahl, So it is like Braille, is it? Chris, Right. And he came up with a way to sketch his ideas onto the plans using a simple children's tool, a malleable wax sticks that he shapes to show his modifications to others. And he says something surprising started to happen. He could no longer see buildings and spaces, but he began hearing them. Chris Downey, the sounds, the textures, and the sound changes because there's a canopy overhead. Leslie, you can sense that we're under a canopy? Chris, yes. It's all a matter of how the sound works from the tip of the cane. I was fascinated walking through buildings that I knew sighted. 
but I was experiencing them in a different way. I was hearing the architecture. I was feeling the space. Leslie Stahl, it sounds as if you began almost enjoying, in a way, being the blind architect. Chris Downey, it was sort of this, this excitement of, I'm a kid again. I'm, I'm relearning so much of architecture. It wasn't about what I'm missing in architecture. It's what I had been missing all along in architecture. Chris Downey's upbeat attitude doesn't mean that he didn't go through one of the most frightening experiences imaginable and struggle. He and his wife Rosa were living in the same home with their son Renzo, then 10, when Downey first noticed a problem while playing catch with Renzo. The ball kept coming in and out of sight. The cause turned out to be a tumor near his optic nerve. Surgery to remove it lasted nine and a half hours. He says his surgeon had told him there was a slight risk of total sight loss, but that he'd never had it happen. Rosa Downey. When he first came out of surgery, he was able to see, but then things started to go wrong. The next day, half his field vision was gone. And then, Chris, the next time I woke up, it was all gone. It was just black. Leslie Stahl. Complete and total darkness. No light. You can't see. Chris Downey. No light. Leslie Stahl. Anything? Chris Downey. It's dark. It's all dark. After days of frantic testing, a surgeon told him it was permanent, irreversible, and sent in a social worker. Chris Downey, she says, oh, and I see from your chart, you're, you're an architect, so we can talk about career alternatives. Leslie Stahl, career alternatives right away? Chris Downey, I hadn't been told I was officially blind for 24 hours. And Leslie, and she says, you can't be an architect anymore? Chris, yeah, and she was saying we could talk about career alternatives. I felt like these walls were being built up around me, just like, yeah, you're getting boxed in. Alone that night in his room, Downey did some serious thinking about his son and about his father, who had died from complications after surgery when Downey was seven years old. Chris, I could quickly appreciate the wonder the that that the joy of I'm still here Leslie Stahl it was actually joy Chris yeah it was like I'm still here with my family my son still has his dad Leslie you know your eyes are tearing up you know that Chris yeah sorry but always have a hard time talking through that he knew that how he handled this would send a strong message to Renzo. Chris Downey, I had been talking with him about the need to really apply himself. At the age of 10, it's that point when if you want something, you really have to work at it. And here I am facing this great challenge. So, motivated to set an example, he headed back to work only one month later. Brian Bashan. This was the most healthy thing about Chris. 
Brian Bashan is executive director of the nonprofit Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired in San Francisco and is blind himself. Brian, he waited a few days until the stitches were out of his skull, and 30 days after brain surgery, he was back in the office thinking, okay, there's got to be a way to figure this out, and I'm going to figure it out. Bashan's organization, The Lighthouse, helps people new to vision loss learn how to figure things out. Brian, when someone becomes blind, the odds are 99% they've never met another blind person. Blind people need those role models, how to be blind, how to hold down a job, how to live an independent life. Specifically, how to work in the kitchen safely, how to navigate public transportation, how to use screen reading software to listen to emails as quickly as the rest of us read them. Leslie Stahl, did you understand that? Chris, yes. Leslie, no. And most critically, how to get around in the world alone. Downey learned that at the lighthouse. Leslie Stahl, when you first crossed a big street like this on your own, was it terrifying? Chris, absolutely terrifying. Leslie, I can imagine. I can totally imagine. Chris, I remember that day, stepping off the curb, and it was like you would have thought I was stepping into raging waters. Take a deep breath and go for it. You gotta push through it. Within a few months, he was traveling the streets on his own and getting back to normalcy with his son. Chris said, The first Father's Day came up. Rosa was like, So what do you want to do? Do you want to go on a picnic? Go on a nice lunch? I want to play baseball. Laughter. With Renzo. Renzo was like, He pops up. I could just, I could feel him just jump to the edge of his chair. Baseball? You want to play baseball? Renzo Downey. So Dad would throw to me, and I'd play like I was playing first base. How could he throw the ball to you? Renzo. I'd just call out, I'm over here. And he'd point, and I'd say, yeah, that's right. And then he'd throw it at me. Chris. That's something I really loved about our relationship. He quickly was looking for possibilities. He wasn't saying, you can't do that. He was like, well, why not? Downey seems to have a knack for finding windows when doors slam shut. Just nine months after going blind, the recession hit and he lost his job. But he got word that a nearby firm was designing a rehabilitation center for veterans with sight loss. They were eager to meet a blind architect. What are the chances? Leslie said, You have to believe that God's hand came down. Chris, it took my disability and turned it upside down. All of a sudden, it defined unique, unusual value that virtually nobody else had to offer. Starting with that job, Downey developed a specialty, making spaces accessible to the blind. He helped design a new eye center at Duke University Hospital, consulted on a job for Microsoft, and signed off to help visually impaired find their way in San Francisco's new and now delayed four-block-long Trans Bay Transit Center, which we visited during construction. Chris Downey, 
If you're blind, you don't drive, right? They don't like it when we drive. So, you know we're committed transit users. So the question was, how on earth do you navigate this size of facility if you're blind? His solution? Grooves set into the concrete, running the entire length of the platform. Chris Downey, I would just follow this, following those grooves. With a subtle change from smooth to textured concrete to signal where to turn to get to the escalators. Chris, would you like to give it a try? Leslie Stahl, okay, I know to go straight because of this line. And I feel, scraping, oh my, oh my, so it's pretty obvious, Chris. I can hear the difference from here. It's something sighted people might never notice, and that's precisely the point. Downey believes in what's called universal design that accommodates people with disabilities, but is just as appealing to people without them. It's the approach he used for his biggest project yet, consulting on the total renovation of a new three-story office space for his old training ground, the Lighthouse for the Blind. Brian Bashan. Coming into blindness need not be some dreary social service experience, like rather more like coming into an Apple store, thinking that there might be something fun around the corner. One of Downey's ideas was to break through and link the three floors with an internal staircase that sighted people can see and the blind people can hear. Brian Bashan. In blindness, it's so wonderful to be on the ninth floor and hear a burst of laughter up on the eleventh floor or to hear somebody playing the piano on the tenth floor. For the hallways... Downey chose polished concrete because of the acoustics. Brian, I can hear the special tap of somebody's cane or the click of a guide dog's toenails. Leslie, well, is that good or bad? Bashan, that's great. It's like you're seeing somebody coming down the hall. I know the sound of individual people who work here by the way they use their cane or the kind of walk they have. Leslie, you can really distinguish between people by how they tap their cane? Brian, absolutely. Leslie, if you hadn't had Chris working on this building, a blind architect, Brian, it wouldn't have been as rich or so subtle, for sure. Last spring marked the 10-year anniversary of Downey losing his sight. So what did he do? He threw a party, a fundraiser for the lighthouse, where he's been a student, architect, and now president of the board. Chris making a toast at the party. Maybe a slightly bizarre thing, celebrating my 10-year blind birthday, but when you're 55 and you have a chance to be 10 again, you take it. Leslie, I get the feeling that you actually think you're a better architect tonight. Chris, I'm absolutely convinced I'm a better architect today than I was sighted. Leslie, if you could see tomorrow, would you still want to be able to feel the design? Chris, if I were to get my sight back, would it be... I don't know. I would be afraid that I'd, I'd sort of lose what I've really been working on.
I don't really think about having my sight restored. There be some logistical liberation to it, but will it make my life better? I don't think so. APH is Nearby Explorer is a full-featured GPS app for iOS and Android devices that empowers users to travel with confidence. It uses GPS and your phone's compass to speak real-time information about your surroundings, including millions of points of interest in the U.S. and Canada. Nearby Explorer is available on Google Play and on the App Store. Send to Braille is a free tool for creating a Braille file quickly in Windows. It adds a shortcut to your Send to Folder menu. Once installed, simply point to a file, right-click, select Send to, select Braille, to create a quick Braille file instantly. Download Send to Braille from the American Printing House for the Blind at tech.aph.org lt. Page 4, The Sound Prince Calendar. On January 22, ACB Next Generation will have its Organizational Committee Conference Call. This is for the nationwide ACB Next Generation Group at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Dial 669-900-6833 and enter code 3572-595-193. On January 23, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will have a peer support group meeting from noon to 2 p.m. at the Bluegrass Council office at 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. For more information, call 859-259-1834. January 24 is the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision support group meeting in Louisville. This will be at United Crescent Hill Ministries from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. Individuals experiencing vision loss or who have had vision loss for several years are invited to attend this meeting. For more information, call 502-895-4598. On January 25, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will hold a workshop on leather crafting from 10 to noon p.m. Central Time at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. Reservations are required. Call 270-684-4418 or 270-686-8689. On January 25, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have a roundabout education and technology from 3.30 to 5 Tip Sheet, 5 to 5.30, Page Turners and Tri-State Library Users Meeting, 5.30 to 6, Dinner, 6 to 7, KCB Next Generation Activity, Games and Crafts from 7 until 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, call 502-895-4598 to sign up. On January 26, ACB Next Generation will have a Let's Get Social activity on Saturday evening, 8 p.m., by conference call. ACB members and individuals 40 and under are invited to join this nationwide Saturday night chat focusing on a designated topic. More details coming soon. For questions, call Amanda Salm at 
750-1774 or email alsmoot, S-M-O-O-T, 87 at gmail.com. January 27, ACB Families will have its parent support group meeting. The call is at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Participate from anywhere in the country by calling 712-432-3900 and entering code 796096. January 28 is the next Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana membership call at 7 p.m. by phone. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. January 28 is the Savvy Budget Committee meeting at 8 p.m. Central Time on the Zoom conference line at 669-900-6833. Enter code 3572-595-193. Looking ahead to February, on February 1, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its quarterly meeting. There will be roundabout activities from 3.30 to 4.30. Registration for the meeting and bargain table will open at 4.30. The cost is $6 per person. Wanda Henderson, director of the TARC-3 program, will be our speaker beginning at 5.15. Dinner is at 6 and other business will be conducted following dinner. Activities will conclude around 8.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Please sign up by calling 502-895-4598. On February 3, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its committee meetings with the Advocacy Committee meeting at 7 o'clock and Education, Activities, and Technology at 8. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. On February 4, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will have a program committee meeting at 7 p.m. Central Time. Dial 669-900-6833 and enter code 3572-595-193. On February 5, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have its conference call meeting at 8 p.m. It will be using the Zoom line at 669-900-6833, enter code 3572-595-193. This meeting will include a business meeting of KCCLV as well as time for questions and support. On February 7, the American Council of Blind Lions will have its monthly conference call. This is a monthly meeting for blind lions from around the country. Excellent opportunity to share ideas about how to be involved in local clubs. At 9 p.m. Eastern Time, call 712-432-3900 and enter code 796096. On February 8, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Roundabout will include education and technology from 3.30 to 5, discussion time 5 to 6, dinner 6 to 7, bargain table 7 to 7.30, bingo 7.30 to 9.30. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, call 502-895-4598. On February 9, Mapping the Heart. 
From 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., this workshop, conducted by guest artist Jennifer Palmer, helps you explore the sensory qualities of a place you hold in your heart and to express those qualities in a mixed-media artwork. The finished piece is a tactile map that you can use to recreate your journey through the act of touch. This is a free workshop, but there are limited spaces available. Best for adults and children 8 and up. Registration is required. Sponsored by the American Printing House for the Blind Museum, call 502-899-2213 for more information and to register. On February 9, the GLCB board will meet at 11 a.m. Eastern Time by phone. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. On February 10, KCB Next Generation will have its Kentucky Chapter Meeting at 8 p.m. This is its regular monthly meeting for visually impaired members 40 and under in Kentucky. The number is 669-900-6833 and the code is 3572-595-193. Also on February 10, ACB Families will hold its monthly meeting at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Participate from anywhere in the country by calling 712-432-3900 and entering code 796096. On February 11, ACB Next Generation will have its nationwide conference call at 8.30 p.m. The number is 669-900-6833 and the code is 3572-595-193. On February 12, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired will have its monthly meeting from 1 to 3 Central Time at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. For more information, call 270-684-4418 or contact Cheryl Lott at 270-686-8689. On February 12, there will be a Savvy Board Meeting at 7 p.m. Central Time on the line at 669-900-6833. Enter the code 3572-595-193. On February 13, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will have its monthly meeting at 7 p.m. Eastern. Call 605-475-4700 and enter code 155-619. For more information, call 859-781-7369. On February 13, the KCB PR Membership Committee will meet at 8 p.m. Dial 669-900-6833 and enter code 3572-595-193. February 23 to 26, is the ACB Mid-Year Meeting and Legislative Seminar. This will be held in Alexandria, Virginia, 
February 23 is the ACB board meeting. February 24 is a leadership workshop and president's meeting. February 25, legislative seminar and training. And February 26 is the visit to Capitol Hill. For more information, visit acb.org slash 2019-presidents-legislative-meetings. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.